Today, I want to talk about a crucial uh, topic that is so vital, and I want to deal with one of the greatest frustrations that many believers have, and I want to talk about it very practically, because when we give our lives to Christ, the Bible says that we've heard the gospel. We believe it. We give our lives to Christ. We believe on him. The greatest miracle of ever is the born again uh, experience, the miracle. And that now we are new covenant people. We are not old covenant people. So many Christians go back and forth between old covenant, new covenant. And so when it comes to the miraculous, believing God for miracles and finances, believing to rise up with His peace, His joy, His healing, His prosperity, His flow of God in our lives, His favor everywhere that just causes our lives to Jesus and I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly because they can't seem to get the miraculous to take place where things aren't going well. They try and they try. They get frustrated. And as a pastor, of teaching people and training people. I, I, sometimes speaking truth is the only way, I'm, and I mean truth, where it even confronts people, because all truth confronts. And that's why people who are proud can never grow in God, because once they believe they know something, you can't teach them anything. And so repentance is this ability to be teachable. I want to grow. I want to change. Most people that I talk to, they're not in faith. As they ask me to get in agreement with them or to pray for them, I'll ask a few questions to place them, to find out if they understand. And, you know, we got all these cliches that they mean something to people who are really in faith, but they become cliches just to kind of keep our pride intact when we're going through a storm. And, it, and it's stuff like, well, I'm going through something, and someone will say, how are you doing? Well, I'm standing on the promises. Someone will say, well, keeping my eyes on Jesus. I'm hanging on to the horns of the altar. Uh, the intercessors say that. Just believing in God. You know, well, I'm just keeping the faith. All of these cliches are potent and powerful to me and to those who, who understand faith. that But if you don't, it's just an excuse. It's just a platitude. It's just a cliche. And when, when the storms hit, you think you've built your life on the rock. But I want to take you into right now some of the most crucial things about living in faith. Because faith is an absolute Faith is a language. Did you know that Hebrews 11.3, it literally says there, by faith we understand. Did you know that faith and reasoning are both two kinds of knowledge? Reasoning is the voice of the soul, the mind. And all of the sciences come out of reasoning or we would call sense knowledge. The Bible calls it the flesh. And if you ever want to know what the flesh is, it's just simple. It just means your physical body and its senses, the five senses. Uh, you know, as we look at the skies, astronomy, it's what we see. And so there is this 
knowledge that is a sense knowledge. But the Bible continually, nonstop, is teaching us about a higher level of knowledge that sense knowledge cannot touch. And it calls it faith. And, and so many people are so linear, they're just so immature in their faith that they don't realize this issue of faith as you grow in God is literally a much higher level of understanding. Hebrews uh, you know, 11.3, and, and by faith we understand, not by reasoning we understand, not by common sense we understand, and, but it's by faith. There is this faith, this higher level, this ability to understand how to move. When God created our world, he made it an interactive world. That your faith has an ability to change things in it. And so we've got to understand. Now, the Bible teaches us a really interesting verse. If I can find it here. And at Hebrews... 513, it says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, who by reason of use of their senses exercise to discern both good and evil. As a believer, faith is different than reasoning. Faith always sees the end from the beginning. Faith just thrives and is just excited about seeing the end result. Reasoning is always looking for the issues, the problems, how they can't do this. And if, if you do not renew your mind with God's word, rather than, and we need reasoning when it's in its rightful place. It shouldn't be in lead position in our lives. Faith should be in lead position where you continually see the end from the beginning. This is what we believe. This is what we see. Faith has different eyes, the eyes of your heart. That's why the Bible says we don't look at the things that are seen with your five senses or sensed with your five senses. We look at the things that are not seen, the truths in the Word of God. So these issues are crucial to faith. Now, faith is a process. So as you dive into the Word of God, we don't want to stay unskilled. If you do not understand the, the, the gift of righteousness, and so it is literally faith righteousness. If you don't understand it, you are still a baby. I don't care if you've been studying the Bible for 40 years. I don't care how many doctorates you've got uh, from, uh, of divinity or whatever, or how many languages of the Bible you could read. The Bible's very clear that the word of righteousness is crucial for you to walk in the miraculous. People still think it's just about gab it till you grab it. You know, say it till you can claim it till you can get it. And, and these are parts of the process, but people still don't spend enough time with God or in the word to understand faith. Faith is not the power. Grace is the ability. Grace is God's favor. Grace is God's ability coming to you. Faith is believing that in grace can only work where you believe it. So when we say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and all of these are verses, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, well, what? What part of the word is crucial 
for you to understand. Well, you can say all of it. No, let's start first with the New Covenant. If you do not understand the New Covenant, you will read the Old Testament and you will begin to live your life Old Covenant. You will be continually trying to earn God's favor. When you begin to speak to mountains, you actually think you're commanding God, and you're not. You are literally declaring and causing the elements of this world to come into agreement with what Jesus has already bought and paid for, with what is already done. God has already given us, Peter teaches us, all things that pertain to your life and to living godly, godliness. So this issue isn't, I'm, well, I'm commanding God. Listen to me. God hasn't done a miracle for people in 2,000 years. Now that shocks people. What do I mean? I mean, he did this miracle 2,000 years ago on the cross when Jesus died, when he took all of your sin, all of the curse of the law, and he literally died for you, gave you new life, and everything that you need is in Christ. All through the Bible, you'll find this term, in him, in him, in him, in him. And this in him means that I'm in Christ. Whatever Christ has, I'm in him. He's, he's God healing, I'm in him. He is prosperous, I'm in him. He's protected, I'm in him. He's full of joy, I'm in him. He's full of peace, I'm in him. And so as you begin to understand faith, you've got to move away from trying to command God. When it says, literally, that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples faith, and he says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he says shall happen, he's going to have whatsoever he says. He's not even talking about prayer yet. You're not commanding God. God moved that mountain. No, he has invested in you his ability. What is grace? Grace is God's undeserved favor to you. What is the undeserved favor? That undeserved favor is his ability. Grace is God's ability. Everybody gets only half the definition right. Grace is God's ability. But it's coming to you not when you're cleaned up enough. It's coming to you as a gift of the new birth. It is the new covenant reality. And we've been taught about sin for so long. We've been preached about sin. We've been tried to make so that people are so guilt-ridden, so condemned, they can't even walk in the new covenant because pastors who see the problems and the sin in people's lives are continually preaching and teaching and screaming at sin. Yet the answer is not to magnify sin and focus on sin. The answer is to focus on the gospel. What is the good news that sin has been destroyed in its ability to control you. You have to cooperate for sin to have any power over you. So what is it about faith that is so crucial? Why is the word of righteousness something that is the measuring stick on how mature you are, how much ability you have? Because the Bible is clear. And you can get these notes on our app, because I, I, I want to go fast. I've only got so much time. The Bible says that if your heart does not condemn you, then you're going to receive God, whatever you ask. If your heart doesn't condemn you. Now, then it says, if your heart does condemn you, and you want to kind of say right away, then you don't receive. No, it's saying God is greater than your heart. 
So if your heart's condemning you for things you've done wrong, as you look to Jesus, the word of God is more powerful than the condemnation and the guilt. If you don't think you've ever earned or been good enough or done enough for God, why would he do anything for you? Then you are in works righteousness. And as you, and so your heart will condemn you because as you go to believe God for m miracles in an area, you'll just know I've never done enough for God. I haven't lived good enough, given enough, uh, volunteered enough, attended enough, read enough, fasted enough, prayed enough, uh, smiled enough. There's always all of these issues. Well, then when your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. What does that mean? Get your heart in the word and God's word will just grow and push out all of these misbeliefs. Nobody has a little bit of faith and someone else has more. Everyone's been given the measure. So as you dive into God's word, it's crucial that you understand righteousness, which is to be in right standing with God is not something that you earn. It is a free gift. This born again experience, you are born again and into this new covenant, which is a new agreement. So God's always been a heart God. Your heart is the biggest issue. You know the problem with people who don't study the word and spend time enjoying the word and just say, well, Leon, you got to get in the word to earn it. No, no, you can't earn it. You got to get into the word so you can plant these beautiful truths. And someone said to me, well, I got to read the Bible. Listen, if a rich uncle who is a billionaire left you his will in his will, you'd read the whole thing, even if it was three phone books thick to find out what your inheritance is. The Bible is, uh, is showing you your inheritance. What a foolish thing to go, ah, I don't like reading the Bible, really. Well, it's you're an heir, here's all your inheritance, and you're not going to read it. Like, I'm sorry, but i got to say this, okay? That is some kind of stupid. We should be looking going, wow. So when we look into the Word, you have an ability to live in the faith realm. The kingdom of God functions in the faith realm, not in the reasoning. So, so many Christians, they get stuck in this, re, this sense knowledge of reasoning and they don't know how to live by faith, walk by faith. They don't know how that when stuff comes at them that they don't even look at the issues and the problems, they'll deal with that. But right now in this attack, I look to the word and faith sees the end from the beginning. Faith believes in the vision that is before it of completely healthy. Faith sees uh, in it the vision of blessed so much, all the bills are paid, you have so much to give, and you've got enough to finance your children's children. That means you make enough to get your grandkids going. When you begin to look at the promises of God, you begin to believe them even if you're not in them. Because the eyes of faith, they see and they see something that only the Word of God can do. So this is crucial that we understand how to develop heart faith. Now, when you read Genesis, you'll see that Genesis says, and God said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. 10 or 11 times, and God said, and what happened? So much power was released that, I mean, 
planets, solar systems, continents, vegetation, animals, whoosh, came into existence. So when God says something, there's power. Well, now, let me ask you something. What did God say about you as a new covenant person? What does God say about you now that you are born again, the greatest miracle on the planet? Well, now he says sin can't have dominion over you. You need to begin to find the promises in God's word about who you are before you start trying to figure out um, how to get the external blessing, begin to confess the word of God that I am right with God, that this gift of righteousness is mine, that I can stand before him completely forgiven and always have access to his grace. I, and you begin to declare what Jesus did for you on the cross. All my sins are gone. All my condemnation is gone. Now there is no condemnation for me because I'm in Christ Jesus. And you begin to declare all these in him promises. Now, when you do that foundational work of just declaring who you are because of Jesus, the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his seated at the right hand of the Father, I mean, the faith within you is stunning. Let me give you another picture. Some people think that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. And he is, but they don't understand how, what the word means. It doesn't mean that he's got his hands together and he's praying to the Father. Father, oh, please help me undo this, help me undo that. I'm just asking if you really would out of the goodness of your heart, if you could just help me undo the church, help me undo the... If I help me, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father where he ascended 2,000 years ago, and he is seated. When a high priest sits down, it means his job is done. So that's what Hebrews teaches us. So he is seated. Well, then what is his intercessory work? Intercession means to literally lay hold on, on the person with the need and lay hold on God. It's to stand in the gap. Well, what it means is, is that when you and I die and go to heaven, we're going to get new bodies. Jesus has his new body, but it's the only body in heaven that will have scars. When he rose from the dead and his body walked out of the tomb before it rose into heaven, the Bible says that Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I can put the finger in his nail holes until I can thrust my hand in the hole in his side where that six inch wide Roman spear drove itself into his heart. Jesus at the right hand of the Father has got holes in his feet, holes in his hands. He has got a big hole in his side. This new glorified body, the scars of the thorns. Why? Because that testifies that whenever you speak or declare that all the angels of God, the power of God, the ability of God is yours. And anytime you pray or speak or just live, literally what he is saying there is that the entire human race, it has been paid for. And so when you pray, yes, my righteousness is hers, Jesus is literally saying, yes, the gifts of God are upon the like literally everything that Jesus has done, it's hers, it's her, yes, yes. That's 
what he is saying seated there with all of the scars of dying in your place. If you could only see every time that you walk into the presence of God at the right hand of the Father, is get this picture, is Jesus with those wounds, gaping wounds, still in his body to be a constant testimony that his intercessory role is that healing is a gift. Prosperity is a gift. Joy is a gift. Peace is a gift. All of these things are unearnable. They are a gift to you and I. And this faith rises up in us so potent and so powerful that when we speak to the sickness to go, when we declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, we are not commanding God. Faith is simply taking what has already been set up for you. Faith is simply taking the inheritance that's already been given to you. As you go through the book of Peter, he talks about it a lot, as well as the book of Hebrews. I mean, chapters upon chapters of this, yet so much of the church world is still stuck in Old Covenant. I want you to know, I am not an Old Covenant believer. I am a New Covenant man. You are a New Covenant woman or man. And here is where we must learn. <laughs> here is where we're going to find tremendous living, miraculous things, health and blessing and favor. Every promise in the word qualified for us. I'm qualified. I'm righteous. I'm healthy. I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm joyful. I'm peaceful. I'm excited about the future. No fear can touch me because I'm in Christ. And all of that is a done deal. Faith declares what is. So my challenge to you is confess God's promises every day. Start with the ones that declare your righteousness, your sin freedom, that everything old's passed away, all the blessing, the favor, that all that Jesus has done. And as you do, I mean day after day, you are going to find this incredible ease. As you renew your mind to truth, the word drops into your heart, it plants itself there, and it's just as easy as breathing. The favor of God that begins to control your future, the favor of God that touches your health, your mind, your emotion, your relationships. It's not God finally, I get tired of pastors say, well, God finally released it. Or God is holding it back because I got to learn something. No, God has nothing to do with the timing of any of the promises. The Bible says that all the promises are yes and amen to the glory of God. That today is the day of salvation or this release of this manifestation of God's promises. Get Stop looking at God as the big bad boogeyman who didn't do it, hasn't released it. Why? I don't know why God didn't. When someone says, I don't know why God didn't heal, I already know they don't know the new covenant. When someone says, well, I sure hope I have enough faith, I already know they don't understand the new covenant. Let's all grow up in the word and understand the word of righteousness. There's so much more, but this is beautiful to understand and to literally have the word of God to know that, your, that righteousness isn't a works righteousness. Righteousness is a, it is a gift, but it's faith righteousness. Accepting and believing, it's done. It's done. It's done. Would God? It's done. Will God? It's done. Do you think he would? It's done. 
Well, I want God to. It's done. Jesus, when he died on the cross and he removed all of the sin, he took all of the curse. He went to hell in your place. He used his faith to rise up out of that horrible place. And he became literally the firstborn, the first begotten, so you and I could be in him. To understand today that because the new covenant is between Jesus representing the human race and God, that Jesus is never going to mess it up. You just need to continue to know, believe, and enjoy. When you get this message today, listen to it over and over. The Bible will open up everywhere. You'll understand the old covenant, its purpose, the new covenant. You'll understand why it's so precious to just say, I'm a new covenant man. I'm a new covenant person. In my covenant or my agreement with God, it's all done. I simply have to believe on Him. On who? On Jesus. See, faith cometh by understand by by the word and the and hearing and hearing by the word of God knowing the gospel is what Jesus has done and all we seem to do is just believe that God lets us get to heaven because of Jesus and that's it yet the new testament is this stunning proclamation this stunning revelation of the mystery of God which is Christ in us and us in him and then it says like a tree and a branch we're continually bearing fruit in every area of our life. Oh, man, this is a revelation about faith and grace that your entire life will change because you, you must believe and, and see in his word this beautiful gift of righteousness. And now you live in a faith righteousness. Father, I pray right now that you take the word of God and that, Father, you would just, they would realize Holy Spirit always here to work with them, to reveal Jesus, to reveal the Word. That, Father, as we just enjoy this last will and testament and all of our inheritance and how we get it and who we are, this beautiful Bible, that, Father, we'll just love it each day. And I'm praying and believing for an entire church of people walking in the new covenant blessings, walking in new covenant power, walking in new covenant ability, and Father, we're going to continue to advance your kingdom and to see the harvest of souls won to you. If you're watching today and you don't know this Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, all you need to do is believe on him. You know that trusting someone is often a choice. I remember years ago as I came to pastor the church and I think it was seven or eight years in and and, you know, just laboring and Sal and I believing and planning and a team with us working. And the church had moved out of literally almost bankruptcy and a couple hundred people into thousands. And, and one, remember, forget this one precious lady walked up to me and said, I just want you to know that, you know, I finally trust you. And I said, thank you. But the fact is that, yes, trust is earned, but trust has to also be given. I know people with amazing spouses who never trust them their entire lives. They've never learned to trust. And so when I say put your trust in Jesus, it's a choice that I've tried government, I've tried my own ability, I've tried all my own reasoning. Or it doesn't matter if we have or haven't, I just choose to put my trust in Jesus. Pray this prayer. Just say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus 
who died in my place, who qualified me for new covenant living. So Jesus, come into my heart. I'm following you for the rest of my days as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. That's how powerful, how potent that is.